0: 1863, the Confederate White House. Mary, an illiterate former slave now working as a maid, tidies up Jefferson Davis's office. Except this maid is in fact a well-educated woman with a photographic memory and the most important spy in American history. Which makes me wonder... Why, 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 why is this not a movie? Hello and welcome to Why Is This Not a Movie, the podcast where we look at a moment in history, or a book, or a story we can rip from the headlines and ask Hollywood why no one's ever put it onto the big screen. I'm Mike Vago, author and regular contributor to The A.V. Club, and this week's movie idea is one of the best real-life spy stories in American history. As many classic films have done, we open on a wedding. The bride, Mary Richards, is a young black woman who was born into slavery. She's been free most of her life, but she lives in Richmond, Virginia, and four days earlier, Confederate soldiers fired on Fort Sumter, and the day after the wedding, Virginia secedes from the Union. One of the wedding guests is a white woman, Elizabeth Van Lu, with whom Mary has a close and complicated relationship, which we'll get to in a minute. Elizabeth comes to Mary with a proposal. Verena Davis, the first lady of the new confederacy, is looking for a maid to work for the family. So Mary takes the job working inside the confederate White House and operates as a union spy at the very highest levels of the confederacy. She pretends to be illiterate, which the white supremacist confederates have no reason to question. In fact, she has a photographic memory and passes vital information to Van Loo, who then passes it directly to Ulysses S. Grant, who calls Bowser his most important intelligent asset. She's a rough-and-tumble spy who at one point is smuggled out of Philadelphia in a cart of manure. Then as the war is coming to an end, and the Union Army is closing in, she sets a fire and burns down the Confederate White House. Roll credits. Now, there are a few problems with this story. We don't actually know a lot for certain about Mary Bowser, because she was a very good spy and didn't leave a lot of evidence of her activities. Real spies don't usually burst into a room announcing their Bond, James Bond, and they like their martinis shaken and not stirred. In real life, good spies quietly collect information without anyone noticing, And Mary was a very good spy. But in the absence of real information, people start to make stuff up. The manure cart? Never happened. Did she have a photographic memory? That's pure speculation. The Confederate White House? No one burned it down, you can go visit it today. By the time Richmond fell, Mary was busy elsewhere setting up a school for newly emancipated kids. Was her name even Mary Bowser? Who knows? We're pretty sure she married Wilson Bowser in 1861, but there's no record of her ever using that name, and we know next to nothing about Wilson Bowser. She spent most of her adult life as Mary Denman, as her marriage to Bowser did not outlast the war, and she remarried shortly after. What's worse, or at least what makes getting the story straight harder, is that as Mary Denman, she spent some time after the war giving lectures and talking about her experiences during the war, but it seemed like every speech she gave contradicted the previous one. And of course, most of the records for spycraft are destroyed, given how dangerous they would be in the wrong hands. All we really have is the effusive praise from Grant and the other Union generals. The danger of making a movie from history is getting the history wrong. And there are a lot of opportunities to do that with Mary Bowser. I'm doing it right now by calling her Mary Bowser. Whether or not she went by that name, I'm going to keep using it because it's the name that people talk about in 2020 when we're talking about this woman. There's basically no way to get the history completely right when we're not even entirely sure what the history is. But the history we do know for sure is enough. And a lot of what we know concerns Elizabeth Van Loo, who gets Mary the job working for the Davises in the first place. Their relationship is the central one in our movie, and as I said earlier, It's complicated. Mary was born into slavery and was the Van Looz, Elizabeth's family, who owned her family. According to one story, Elizabeth went away to a Quaker school and came back a committed abolitionist. Quakers were pacifists and central to the abolition movement, but some historians insist she wasn't a Quaker, but either way, when Elizabeth's father died, she and her brother granted the family's slaves their freedom, despite it being illegal to do so in Virginia, and her brother spent the years between them and emancipation, using the family's money to buy and then free families so they wouldn't be split up at the auction block. So whether or not the Quaker part is true the abolitionist part certainly is and that's what's important to the story. The family thought high enough to marry to send her north to get an education, probably to Philadelphia. Then they sent her to Liberia, a West African country created by American abolitionists to repatriate freed slaves back to Africa. There's a long-running historical debate on whether Liberia was a well-intentioned project to give newly emancipated people a new start, or whether it was born out of the far more cynical notion that African Americans didn't have a place in this country and needed to be sent back. But it's very tangential to our movie and not a debate we're going to solve in the span of a podcast episode. What is central to our movie is the legend of Mary Bowser, a black union spy stealing secrets out from under Jefferson Davis' nose, while also collecting a paycheck from Jefferson Davis. And we have to make sure that that story, Mary's story, stays the central one. Now that might seem obvious, but a lot of the tellings of, of the story focus on Van Loo because there's a lot more about her in the historical record. And of course, movies that deal with civil rights far too often end up being white people fix racism, and we really want to avoid that at all costs here. Van Loo's an interesting figure in her own right, and her contributions to the war effort were significant. But Mary risked more, contributed more, and was in an incredibly unique position that makes for a great story. That being said, some of the best parts of our movie are Bowser and Van Loo working together because they did some amazing work as spies. They used to hide secret messages and hollowed out eggs. They used an invisible ink which only appeared when milk was spilled over the paper. Van Loo could get Bowser's intel to General Grant so quickly, she sometimes sent him fresh cut flowers from her garden and the morning paper from Richmond alongside the dirt on Confederate troop movements. So we start our movie with Van Loo recruiting Bowser at the wedding, even though that probably happened later. And the meat of the story is that spycraft smuggling intel right out from under the nose of Jefferson Davis, as he gets increasingly frustrated that the war isn't going his way and the Union generals always seem to be one step ahead. And then I think we end the story exactly where Mary was when the Civil War ended, educating newly emancipated kids, hopeful for the future. Even though we in the present know that future is uncertain with the failure of reconstruction and the start of the Jim Crow era looming, it's still a triumphant moment with Mary preparing the next generation for a better world that she helped bring into being. So that's our movie. We'll talk about who should make it for us after this quick message. What's the thing you miss the most while you're under lockdown? Going to the movies, eating in a restaurant, late night hookups on Tinder? I can't help you with any of those things. But if you said playing miniature golf and you almost certainly didn't, I can help. My first book, The Miniature Book of Miniature Golf, is a tiny playable nine hole miniature golf course in book form. It comes with a tiny golf club and golf balls. You drop a ball on the hole in the cover, open to page one, and you're sitting on the green of the first hole. Put your way across the page, hit it into the hole, and it drops down to page two. Fun for kids, a great gift for golfers, and a nice way to while away some of that time stuck indoors. Yes, you can get it from that obscenely rich guy's website, but order it from your local bookstore. They can use your support. Now back to the show. We're back. Now, who should direct our movie? I usually make a short list of names to talk about, but I was pretty well sold on the first name I came across, Reed Murano, who directed those terrific early, intense episodes of The Handmaid's Tale, and is currently adapting Naomi Alderman's book, The Power, as a series for Amazon. She hasn't had as good a track record on the big screen. 2018's I think We're Alone Now got mixed reviews, but those mostly faulted the script. Her 2020 follow-up The Rhythm Section bombed, but it was a kind of dumb revenge thriller and was probably never going to win any awards, no matter who directed it. I think based on her TV work, Murano could make a terrific movie given the right project. And this is a story about slavery and subterfuge, so it has to have the claustrophobic intensity of those first two Handmaid's episodes, which, let's face it, are also about slavery. So who's our Mary Bowser? Again, I really only have one name on my list, and that's Danielle Brooks. Her character on Orange is the New Black is someone who, at first glance, seems neither serious nor smart, and then as we go deeper with the character, we realize she's very much both of those things. We need that same split with Mary, the only difference being that her depths are very deliberately hidden. Elizabeth Van Lew is tricky. Cast a bigger star for her than Brooks, and you risk it being a white people-fix-racism movie, which, as we said, we want to lean away from. You need somebody who can play an aristocratic Southerner, who herself has a public face that keeps a lot hidden away. I'm going to go back to the world of prestige television and cast tennessee Warren Christina Hendricks. She showed us on Mad Men she could play smart, charming, and willing to let men underestimate her at their peril, and that's exactly what we need for our spymaster. For Jefferson Davis, you need a gaunt, intimidating Southerner about 50 years old. Who better than Walton Goggins? I could come up with other names, but honestly, do we not want Walton Goggins in our movie? Of course we do. That being said, Verena Davis is the more interesting character. She was born in Natchez, Mississippi, but she was educated in the North, she didn't support slavery, she didn't get along with her husband, and was ambivalent at best towards her position as First Lady of the Confederacy. What's more, the first lady of a fledging country built on white supremacy was olive-skinned and dogged by rumors that she either had some Native American or African ancestry. Her family claimed her complexion came from the Welsh side of the family, you know, those dark-skinned Welsh, but she was never exactly beloved by the people down south, and I don't think she particularly liked them either. She was also significantly younger than her husband, as Jefferson's first wife, Sarah Knox Taylor, daughter of President Zachary Taylor, had died of malaria three months after they were married. Verena Howell was just 18 when she married the 36-year-old widower, so that puts her in her mid-30s when the Civil War breaks out. I've been sticking with Southern actors thus far, but I'm going to go well outside that for Verena and suggest Mila Kunis. She's the right age, she looks the part, and she can play someone who's both entitled and exasperated, which is exactly how I picture Verena Davis based on everything I've read about her. So that's our movie. If you have any thoughts on how to improve our Mary Bowser movie or ideas for other movies that need to get made, hit us up on Twitter, Why Is This Not A Movie. You can find my column Wiki wormhole on the AV Club every Sunday, and you can order my first novel, Self-Destructible, from your local bookstore, as well as the Book of Miniature Golf we talked about earlier. Stay safe out there, wear a mask, wash your hands, keep yourself sane. We'll be back next time on why, 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 is this not a movie? Part of the Subject Podcast Network. Find other lesser podcasts, radio shows, articles, and more at subjectmedia.org.